Hi, this is Jonathan. Before we get into this week's episode, my dudes, it is time for a giveaway. We are taking our support for local small business to another level, and we are going to be giving away some stuff. This week, I have two bottles of hot sauce from the 413 Sauce Company, my friend Ryan. This is a blueberry watermelon habanero hot sauce. It is delicious, I can promise you. Bessie and I discovered that it is fantastic on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm sure it's a beautiful sauce for whatever else you want to use it for. So here's what we want you to do. Go to our Twitter or our Facebook at Idle Chat Podcast and leave a reason why you need to have this hot sauce in your life. Not why you want it, why you need this hot sauce in your life. I want it to be fake and ridiculous. Bessie's going to pick one. I'm going to pick the other. We'll get this hot sauce off to you. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right, on to the episode. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Idle Chat. I'm Jonathan Idle. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. This week, I have a very special guest, my good friend, professional wrestler, Perry Von Vicious. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is the best. Are you kidding me? When I, when I decided I wanted to do this, you were one of the, 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 the few people that I knew I had to have on here. I knew it. Just because I knew that it would be organic and we could just go, you know? Yeah, I mean, how much anyone really wants to hear what I have to say is is uh, up in the air. But I mean, if they're listening to you, they'll listen to me. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure that that I had you out. I think we were going to have a lot of fun with this. I remember when we first met. Oh, that's uh, that, that's my rides here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, in case you guys are wondering, once again, we are outside. We are socially distant. He's about ten feet away and a long microphone cord, and we are outside on the porch, so you might hear. Uh, a lawnmower, a weed whacker, uh, cars going by. Who knows? Sirens in the background. We don't know. But we could get all that stuff. So, But it's uh, we don't care. We're going to do it anyway. Think of them all as extra guests. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can't credit them all, but they're here. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were just talking about some some things that I, I think I said about 15 times. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. And, and you came up that's, with a, that's going to be the title of of the episode, at least, if not the new title of the show. It's it's going to be <laughs> don't worry. We'll talk about that with Johnny Idol. Yeah, I think it's, I think it works. <laughs> I do. I think it's I don't think it's bad. So all right, we first met. You were in you were training to wrestle. Yep. Yep. And I was called up by your trainer and and he said and he asked, hey, can you can you can you fill in on this Sunday on this Sunday? Not that he had anything to do. He probably just wanted to sit around and fucking watch football, and he made me drive out to Palmer on a <laughs> Sunday morning and you know, and, and run a wrestling class. But uh, I'll never forget. I walk, cause Here I am. I'm, I'm driving out there, right? And I'm like, I don't know these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't – who are they? And, and, and we'll, we'll see, what, you know. And I'm like, oh, maybe they've been to some shows. Maybe they, at least they, they, they know who I am or whatever, and we'll, and we'll see how it goes. And I <laughs> – <laughs> I w- <laughs> telegraphing the punchline to yeah you. yeah yeah so i walk in and you big smile comes on your face yep. and you start walking across the room to me with your hand out to shake my hand and i said okay good he at least recognizes me you know so that, that that should make it a little bit easier and you come out with uh you're in the alumni club right <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know, no, I was not in the alumni club. I, <laughs> and, 
And nothing against the alumni club, but I was just kind of like, okay, good. The guy knows me. No, you thought I was in the alumni club. These guys were in a tag team for a year. (laughs) I mean, so so essentially what happened was I'd been to one local indie show. Right. So I knew none of the local faces. I knew TV people, and that was it. Right. I I saw someone who was clearly a, a local indie wrestler who had trained at that school, and I only knew about three names from that list. Right. And you were a white guy with dark hair. Yep, yep. Of pale a fair, skin, pale of skin. A fairly average height. Yeah. And my thought was, oh, right, I saw him in that tag team that one time. <laughs> Everyone looks different when they're not in gear. Yeah, because like, was the like I was the only average sized uh, uh, white guy with dark hair on the show or something, right? I mean, there, you know, there were probably others, but uh, there was only one I remembered. Yeah, and it wasn't me. No, it was it, it was it was Alex from the alumni club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if Alex hears this, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Alex? Um, Hope you're well. And uh, honestly, I only even remembered the alumni club because they were announced as being from Greenfield, Massachusetts, which is where I was born and raised. Yeah, I think Alex was from there. I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. I, actually, I think both of them were. Oh, okay. If I yeah. recall correctly. Good guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, really, two two people who were some of the first people I got to wrestle on shows. Right back when they had me teaming with a young Wolfgar. Wow, that's right. No yeah. kidding, a young yeah. Wolfgar. We, we were essentially training partners at that school. That's you know? right. Uh, he started two three weeks after I did, and there were a couple guys who'd been there a bit longer, so they had a little more experience with with different things. So they, you know, uh, the the people, you know, Aaron and you and everyone else who was training there. I don't know if we say everyone's names, but uh, it might take a little while. And and the problem with that is, you know, you're going to leave somebody out and feel like a shit later. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, the guys who were helping to train us when when I was brand new, they kind of wanted people to stay together on what they'd learned. So if someone was ahead of you, they didn't want them held back a few weeks because now they were helping you learn a body slam or they were helping you learn how to chain when they'd already gotten that. Right, right, right. So like uh, like Jeremy Leary wasn't my training partner. He had someone else who had started with him. Okay. Uh, Johnny Torres wasn't my training partner. He had someone else who'd started around when he started. So me and Wolfgar became training buddies right up until Wolfgar wasn't around as often. Right. I think he had a. I think he had a, a new job or something that came up, and he right. wasn't around. Uh, which brought in, of course, uh, the young child prodigy, Big Bacon Brad Hollister. Child prodigy. He was like what, sixteen at he the time. He was fifteen. He was fifteen, 15 years I old. I was his ride to practice every single practice because, well, and this hasn't changed. He didn't have his license. He still doesn't drive. Yeah, he still doesn't drive. He's he's a uh, you know he he lives that you know very uh, charmed life where he's just chauffeured everywhere. It's got to be nice, right? I mean, maybe. I, I, I'm a control freak. Well, so. i got to be honest. I've kind of gotten there, too, because, you know, be, <laughs> no, seriously, because, like, being old and broken and and, oh, all, right, right. and everything that comes with it and, and RA and all that, like, it's easier for me to ride in cars because I can move. And kind of when, when something <laughs> starts to go numb because I'm a fat old man, I can move it so that circulation starts to go. You can't really do that when you're driving. You know, no one gave me that break when I was 24 and brand new in wrestling. And I, I had body limbs going numb in the cars all the time because yeah, I, I was a big fatty. But you were 24, so you could deal with it. I mean, I mean mentally, I could deal <laughs> with it. Physically I, physically, I had no business training to be a wrestler. I mean, what Why was not? your what was your first impression when you very first saw me in a in, in a ring? If I'm honest with you, yeah. honestly, I remember it was nothing negative at all. 
I just remember being like, all right, he's a big kid. Because, you're, you're, yeah, you were heavy at the time, but you mm-hmm. were also tall. Yeah. And you took a big bump. Like, it was a big bump. And you you were eager mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. learn and, and, and to start wrestling. So that was my impression. I had no negative thoughts at all. Oh. Well, that, that's, that's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, for, for, for those who may not know, I was close to 300 pounds then. Yeah, right. Uh, and getting heavier. I actually got a little bit heavier after I started training, uh, right up until I'd been in California for a few months before I started to lose weight. Right. And, and now you're jacked. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it's like like I forget, and then every now and then you'll put up like a before and after picture, and I'm like, holy crap, that this guy has done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's been a lot of work, and I've had different sort of iterations. At this point, I feel like I've had every variant that my body will have until I reach that point in old age where everything breaks down, and I get to be like the skinny old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or you do the you go back to being fat and you just get tan. Because Man, that'd be nice. Well, yeah, for a while I took that on too because Arn Anderson always said tan fat equals muscle. So that's one of the lessons I took from you early on. You <laughs> told me that as you were rubbing on fake tan about ten minutes before a tapings match in a freaking uh, loading zone yeah. outside of uh, Bob Evans' little studio for his Rhode <laughs> Island show. The, the TV. Yeah, we used to do these TV episodes that were that were put on YouTube. And the wrestlers were the fans. We were sitting in the. We, we were we were just off camera because that wrestlers is fans thing. That's where we're at. Now. That's where we at right now. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Can you imagine that we were doing it ten years ago or more? How long ago was that? Ah, uh, God, like twelve years like ago. Like twelve years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 rolling up on thirteen years since my first match. What? Right now we're probably, I mean, we're just a few weeks from thirteen years to the day from when we met. No kidding. Yeah, I started wow. I started training late August 2007. No kidding. Yeah. Man. That's insane. Yeah, we we uh I've been on shows with people who were barely out of diapers. Right. When that happened. Yeah, me too. So like I have been on, I've been on, I've been on plenty I was on plenty of wrestling shows with people who were the, the, <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those things when I was new, the 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 math on the age difference with people yeah. was pretty much meaningless to me. I was very middling for an indie wrestler right. in age. You know, right. at 24, it's like, okay, yeah, there's some people younger than me. There's some uh, a good a good number older than me. I'm, you know, kind of in the young middle area. <laughs> but now I've reached a point where, like, I've had to justify my age in wrestling to certain folks. Like, I, I, uh, I'll, Welcome I'll, to the club. I'll be in the car with, uh, with Iron Rip Bison. Yep. And, and we'll have to get into him. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, we have to get into him. He'll make a comment about me being an old man. And I will have to reassure him. I am still and I'm going to change the math for currently right now. Yeah, I am still three and a half years younger than Johnny Idol was the day I met him. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that one. And that that <laughs> because well, because you continued to wrestle for 11 years past. Oh, that. shut up. Oh my and God, so that yeah. justifies it when he's trying to call me old. For for those listening who might not know, I'm 36. <laughs> I don't think that really qualifies as old unless you're like Rip Bison, who's 26. Yeah, is he stupid, 26 years old? Stupid prick. Is yeah. he 26 years he's, old? He's he's 26. Yeah. I, I again, we're like Dave said, it should be we're have, gonna we're going to talk about that. We'll have to get into him a little bit uh, later on. I am going to share. 
when I, when I announce on the social media pages, I'm going to share, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. some of your Perry Von Vicious Hates videos. Oh, uh, yeah, by, by, by all means. That was, uh, oh, God. Uh, so very early on, yeah. right? So the name Perry Von Vicious was something that came about because someone in class, Johnny Torres, heard me bouncing around some name ideas, right? And he heard Perry, and he heard a Vaughn, and he kind of jokingly said, ha ha, you should be Perry Von Vicious. Because it, it sounded like a ridiculous, stupid wrestling name. And my eyes lit up. 13 years later, here we are. Yeah, st still using the name. And it's worked well for me. People like the name. I've not heard anyone tell me, like, that's a stupid name, don't use it. You told me that day uh -huh. that I met you, and I said, okay, well, explain. Explain. Tell me. It's, it's more than just a name. You know, so like when you started, right. Perry Von Vicious was like, okay, this is going to sound insane until I show you guys. I'm going to have to play some of these videos. You would film these videos where you were this snobby rich guy, mm -hmm. but, and you had a butler <laughs> named Jeffries. Jeffries. But Jeffries was also you. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I did not and still don't have enough friends to get someone to play Jeffries in a video. Right, um, right. So... Uh, so this was, you know, this was, uh, you know, 13 years ago. Right. This was before a lot of the really easy video technology that we have now. You know, my, my Mac now, I can I can film a couple things in front of the green screen. I have a full green screen with lighting in my basement. Oh, that's great. I can film a couple things in there, throw me and 10 other me's into the video at once, have all the audio of all of us talking over each other, and make it look like it's legit happening. I can put us in any setting I want. We can be in front of a wall of fire. But <laughs> you in, must have seen Wayne's World, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, in oh, New uh, York. I'm in Delaware. I'm in Delaware. Yeah. I I could do that now, and it would take me, you know, 15 minutes if I include the time to Amazing, film right? myself. Yeah. But but then I think because you were doing Jeffries yourself. Yeah. It took the Perry Von Vicious character in an entirely different direction That's right. because then you just came off like a crazy person who thought he was rich. Yeah. yeah which, <laughs> which, which now has really come full circle with where the character is. It really has. Cause now you're like this insane. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm uncle Sid's favorite nephew. I'm a psycho. That's great. I love that. And the vicious works well in that too. It really does. Yeah. So and, I, and with me being in shape now, I almost look like I could be related to him. <laughs> Almost like like a distant nephew. I remember pitching the Perry Von Vicious character to some promoters. You know, they're like, "Tell me about this guy," and I and I and I go, "Here, go, just go on YouTube and look this up." You know what That's I mean? Right. You know, and they're like, "Okay, I get it now." Uh, you know, because mm -hmm. I would even say to him, "He's a guy that thinks he's rich, even though he's not rich." And they're like, "I don't understand." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, well, just go watch this thing." You know, and well, and uh, those videos actually wound up working really well for me in California. So I. I uh, I move out to California. California's very gimmick heavy, right? Uh, so the company I was at at the time certainly was. It's less so now, but the company I was at was very gimmick heavy. There was a guy named Le Emperor who was essentially Napoleon. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you showed me him. That's yeah, right. There, there was a, a Hawkeye Shane Cody who was, I mean, legit an old school terrifying cowboy. You told me about him. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's great. He's a legend. His dad was a, was a, a job guy. Please tell the story of the match you had with Shane Cody. Okay. You told the story with the, with the bathroom. Yes. So Shane Cody was he's, no— He's what? a large, scary person, oh, right? huge. And, like, scary strong. Like, and construction you, workers How tall strong. are you? 
I'm 6'3". You're 6'3", and for you to say this person is a huge, scary person, that oh, yeah. means he's a huge, scary person. Yeah, I, I was a little bit taller than him, but that did not make me bigger than him. No. Right. And so he's scary big, and he had a reputation at the time. He'd had a, a rough patch. He did, he, he did time for a while. Okay. And he had a history of showing up prior to that, before he'd gotten clean. Right. You know, hopped up on some things, and... You didn't really know what match you were having with him until you were in there. And, boy, if he was in a mood. And he could work, too, right? Oh, he's fantastic Like, he's work. the kind of guy that he could he could, so, he so could call, like, two or three things with you and go out there and do a half hour. And, oh. you ever know, and, and he could call where it was going to go while he was out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and he'd have creative ideas that he'd call on the spot, and you'd see it in your head before it happened. because In the ring. It made so much sense. In the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the fly. And he'd say it so quickly. And just if he shot you off, there was no holding on and going, can you say that again? Right. There was none of that because he's just a big dude, and he put you where he wanted you, even at my size. I was I was still heavy then. I was still close to 300 pounds. So I had to – when I so now me, I was, you know, I'm shorter now, you know, but, but 5'10", 200 pounds. I wasn't mm-hmm. a big guy, you know, but I, I think it was always like – if I was out there with a with a new guy and they, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know them, I would always just say, you know, just just trust me. I'll put you where I need you. Yeah. You know where and and, and they would oh okay and, and I would just try to yeah I was a ball buster and I would give people a hard sure. time but I figured as soon as <laughs> as soon as they got it I would stop you know what I yeah, mean yeah. I, I'm not gonna try to claim I wasn't a dick to some people but if I continued to be a dick to somebody it means they deserved it right, oh, right? yeah 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 of course and, and regardless that's a complete sidebar so I I would have to like say just trust me don't worry about it, it, it just just you know, and I'd be able to put them where I want them, yeah. where this guy would just put you yeah. where he wants you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You had no choice but to trust him. So he had that that history. And when I showed up to um, the company that I was working for at the time, Big Time Wrestling, it's the West Coast company. They have ties with the East Coast one, but it's, it's the, oh, okay. the West Coast one. Oh, okay. Um, I, I showed up to their smaller show. They had two shows. They had the big show at the Good Venue, and they had, like, sort of the student showcase. And because Shane Cody was a trainer, he'd work those shows. Okay, Which that's was, a big thing in independence, by the way. I find like you have like the little spot show, but then you have like the bigger shows too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a but that's a big when, thing. And when you're young in the business, those spot shows mean absolutely as much to you. Everything. Yeah. And those spot shows are also uh, good for you to build up a reputation mm-hmm. and get a spot on the other shows. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. So, and, you yeah. Can, and you can try new stuff there. It's a lower pressure, right? You know. Um. So so I show up and I find out. You know, maybe 40 minutes before doors are going to open that I'm working with Shane Cody. And you had heard of him before and his reputation. Yes. And, and we'd, we'd met a little bit. You know, we'd, we'd, uh, you know he'd come in and, and done some classes training us. So, you know, we, we knew each other a bit, but we weren't, you know, we weren't like friends or anything. And I was this big, goofy, blonde kid with a ponytail who was chubby and pale as a sheet of printer paper. <laughs> You know, I, I'm I'm he's known for his chops. I mean, he'll he'll split you open with a chop. Oh yeah. So he's you know he takes one look at me and goes, oh I could leave a mark there. You know. Oh oh yeah. And uh, so I had been trained. I have that kind of skin too. I take a good chop, yeah, but yeah. I have a purple handprint. It's just the way it is. So I had been trained. So there's two halves to wrestling training. There's obviously the safety and physical aspect. Right. I think also works a bit into psychology. That's all sort of one thing. Sure. And then there's the how you present yourself and how you behave. Absolutely. And that's mostly behind the scenes. So I'd been taught by by you and the whole crew out here, really, be respectful of everyone, but especially of the vets. Not necessarily because they're all great wrestlers or any or they're great people, 
but just because you never know when that'll really come in handy. Yes. And uh, yes. boy, uh, this is a story where it really came in handy. So <laughs> I, I, uh, story. I, I approached him and he, uh, he was sitting in a chair and kind of just looked up at me, all gruff, big beard. You know, for, for people who need an image, picture Dr. Death with Ted DiBiase's head always frowning oh my uh oh and fresh off of a harley dressed like a biker because he was legit in a biker gang that's this guy not the guy you want to piss off and he uh he kind of looks up at me and says hey kid what 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 do you want to do what do you want to do bozo bozo he called everyone bozo uh probably still does he still wrestles and uh is he like my age he's he's older Really? Yeah. I think he was about your age now when I was wrestling him then. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, wh- whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm happy to do whatever. And, you know, then he kind of he kind of looks me up and down and he goes, you uh, you, you work in heel, you work in baby face. I, I said, I, I usually work heel, but, I'll, you know, if, if you need me to be baby face, I'll do it. And he goes, OK, OK. All right. Uh, yeah, let me let me think about it. And he got up out of the chair and walked away from me. <laughs> so now I'm left with nothing. He's basically, he's yeah. either super cranky and really didn't want to talk to you, or he just wanted to see how you were going to react to that. Yeah, so I have no idea. Right. And he comes back 10 minutes. I mean, to be clear, he was feeling you out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, because, I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. The, the more experienced guy will, will say to the to the less experienced guy, you know, what do you want to do? And you're hoping yep. that they might have, like, one, like, really small thing that yeah. they want to do, but... If they come start spitting out a bunch of spots and, and moves that they want to do and whatever. Or, or, or worse yet, calling stuff for you to do? For, yes. Yes. Ooh. No, don't do that. <laughs> you know, just don't do that. You know, so yep. as you were, sir. Sorry. So um, so he gets up and walks away, and I'm left with nothing. So I'm, I'm worried, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not like shaking in my boots or anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned. And that, if, if, let's face it, too. If he blasted you, wasn't yeah. the first time you were blasted, too. You nope. know what I mean? So you kind of know, okay, it might happen, and yeah. maybe he's a dick. We don't know, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I'm figuring worst-case scenario, even when I'm heavy, pretty sure I can outrun him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, we walk away in about five, ten minutes, maybe ten. It's probably closer to five minutes before doors are supposed to open. He comes and finds me. He is in Justice Trunks. He's got half a boot on, no knee pads yet. Not sure where the logic was in that. Dragging a boot behind him, laces all over the place. <laughs> Dragging a boot behind him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes walking up to me while I'm, I've got my head down. I don't even see him. I'm lacing my boots. He goes, hey, uh, hey kid. I go, yeah. And he goes, uh, come, come take a walk with me. So I'm half dressed. Now I'm walking with one boot and one hand behind him out to where the crowd is supposed to come sit in about no, three he minutes. he did that on purpose. He oh, intentionally yeah. waited until you had one boot on. I know he, it. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he comes and sits me down, and I don't start lacing my boots again. I'm just I'm keeping an eye on him. I want to know where he's at here. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, so, uh, you know, I think at the beginning we'll keep it pretty simple. A lot of chain. I'll just keep getting over. And I was like, okay. So immediately I'm like, okay, he's, he's letting me be the heel. He's, he's established here. This is, this is good. I can, I, can, I can hang with this. Yeah. And I'm waiting for the other foot to fall. Because I've seen his matches. I've seen him chop the bejesus out of people, slam people on the floor, hit them with chairs in matches that were not no DQ, just just doing whatever he wanted because yeah. he's a maniac. Yeah. And uh, 
He says, okay, so then um, I think I'll roll you out of the ring. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you over to that bathroom. We'll do the Bugs Bunny. And I go, the, the Bugs Bunny? And he, and I mean, as though he was from New England, as though he was one of us, yeah. throws his hands in the air goes, ah, oh, kid doesn't know the Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and now, uh, well, I mean, uh, I, can, I, 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 and he goes, listen. We go over into that bathroom, the only bathroom in this tiny little, it's basically the wrestling school. Okay. The only bathroom, but it's right. in clear eyeshot of the whole audience. Okay. Because we go in there, I'm going to hold the door shut and pound on it and yell and shout. You're going to surround yourself in toilet paper like a mummy, get your mouth full of water, hit flush on the toilet. As soon as that toilet flushes, kick the door open, walk out, spit the water everywhere like I gave you a swirly, <laughs> throw you back in the ring. As soon as I go to come in, cut me off give me some heat and i was like awesome and he goes yeah just just heat me up don't need any hopes we're keeping it short and i'm like this is so this is super easy and i love this this is hilarious and, he, <laughs> and, and if that is not and just to again you guys will understand the perry von vicious character a little more because i'm going to share the video of, of perry von vicious <laughs> that is could not be any more perfect yeah. for the heel perry von vicious character and it got even more perfect it got even more perfect because that wasn't the punchline. That wasn't even the punchline of the spot. That's the amazing. spot's not done. Okay. He says, you give me some heat for a while. You grab me. I'll cocky. You say, now it's his turn. You bring me over to the bathroom. We shut the door. Do the exact same thing. You come out, spit the water everywhere, <laughs> covered in the thing. I come back in. I'll give you a comeback. We go home. That was his, that was his version of a double down was for me to take him in the bathroom and him to still give me the swirl Again. Did that pop? Did, like, did that get oh, when you came out with like, like, the second time? That must have been. Oh, yeah. and Even though you could see it coming from a mile away, yep. it must have been beautiful. Oh, uh, they they ate it up. They loved it, and, and, and I loved it. It was hilarious, and you know a afterwards. So what'd you take? Two bumps? Three bumps? Oh, I mean, you know, I took his comeback. That was all the bumps. Everything that's, else was chaining, and he uh, he didn't take any bumps. I want you know he was a big dude. I, the way I was built at the time, I wasn't about to pick him up and slam him. Right. I was right. Stomping him and giving him leg drops. He just laid there. He Which was good it. because he probably needed to catch his breath. If I'm totally honest, not, not not knocking on him. But no, I I, I would have too. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so afterwards, I come to the back, thinking like, "Wow, this is great. Why would people ever complain about Shane Cody? He's a delight." Yeah. You know, I'm just so confused. Uh, Emperor, who is another old school vet, the guy who does the Napoleon game, right? Of that entire crew, he is the one with a college degree. He is the one who is articulate. Right. And he's the one who never showed any ugly sides. That entire crew was a little dark. There's okay. there, there were there were bright spots in yeah. that crew. He was the one that I never saw the ugliness. And he pulled me aside and he said, "You did not just get very lucky if that's what you're thinking." And I was like, "What what do you mean?" He says, "Earlier when he sat you down and asked you what you want to do and you put the ball in his court, yeah, that was him testing you. That everything he just called for you. What I say? Yeah. yeah, he says everything he just called for you. That easy, fun, goofy match where you didn't get the crap kicked out of you. That was because he decided in that moment that he likes you. That's great. Yeah. So I mean, I'm thankful that I'm you know a, a, a polite enough person, and I was trained to be that way amongst the wrestlers. But yeah, just a, such a bizarre experience. Yeah, it, it's and and gave me a spot that I have used. A lot since You've then. done that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of I've, course I've, you have. I've done that a bunch of places with a bunch of different people. And it works every time. 
Of course it does. Doesn't even matter the audience. Of course not. Nope. And that's even the type of thing. Like I feel like if you were out there and you were and you were just kind of wondering if you were trying to call some some stuff on the fly and, and if that's a, something you just decided to do, you could call that on the fly with anybody yeah. too. Yep. You know that's that is I love that story. Yeah. Well, and and I mean you actually work into that story. Oh. Because I know, love I was, it when I, was I get fresh put in over. California. Yeah. And uh, Antonio Thomas or uh, Tom, uh, what's what's uh, what's the gimmick name? Thomas Santel. Tom, he was Thomas on he was Santel. on the podcast. Yeah. Thomas Santel was you know uh, functionally for a lot of the time I was training here the head trainer. You know, basically the two people I would qualify as head trainer in my time here. Right. Were him and Aaron Morrison. Yep. Yep. You were the person that I talked to the most about psychology. Okay. Because we were on the road together all the time. Right, Very right, early right. on, you were kind enough to, to throw me in the car and well, start Well, because you weren't a shithead. Uh, you know, it, 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 not yet, I wasn't. You still are. I mean, that, that that's clearly <laughs> it. Like, okay, you know, I, I think I picked on you one day. Course, yeah. You, you yeah. know, in that and, first and day. And rightfully so. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> so essentially, you two were, you know, probably after I had been taught the basics. Aaron handled all the basics, which was all the safety stuff, essentially. Yeah, and he's so good at that. Oh, I mean, I, I've... I've only gotten hurt twice in 13 years, and it was never my fault. Right. So you know, yeah, he did. He did great. I um, think he's a guy that you can cl- you can easily say that he's never dropped anybody on their head. Mm-hmm. He's never hurt anybody. I mean, I mean, yep. might have caught somebody with a clothesline in the chin or something, but seriously, very safe. I think there's there's a lot of the Northeast that owes having safe matches to him and his training. Absolutely. But so beyond that. You were sort of the psychology guy. Tom was sort of the fine-tuning. Here's some finer points and some right. new, different, weird things to so, try. You're so good at that, too. Yeah, Tom um, was so good at that. So when I got to California, the two of you were the ones that I called the most often. Yeah. This was back when people still made phone calls. Yeah, um, I miss those days. Those were good days. So I would I would call you with questions. I, and, and in fact, like there's— Like weekly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably more than weekly. I think we talked more when you were in, lived in California than we do now. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I would I would call you and say, hey, I'm I'm wrestling this guy, and I've never been in this situation. And that Shane Cody match was one of them. Right. When I found out I was wrestling him, I called you, and I said, you know, I I typically wrestle smaller baby faces who are either high flyers or technical wrestlers. Right. And they get over by being better wrestlers than I was. It was, you know, the very meat and potatoes way that we were trained. Right. This is how it works. And I would be the brawler. He was a brawler who a was... A brawling babyface. Yeah, a brawling babyface yeah. who was functionally bigger and stronger than I was. Right. So it left me very few options apart from, you know, sort of the Three Stoogie stuff that we did and some eye pokes and things, you know. Right. And, and the Bugs Bunny spot. That was, you know, if he hadn't called that... I may have been at kind of a loss on how to how to do anything with him. So I had called you and said, you know, this is the situation I'm in. What do I even do? And you were like, oh, geez. And, and you gave me like 10 different things that I could try. And you said, oh, if he's in the mood for it, you could do this if he wants to. But, you know, just to wait and wait and see, you know, see if it comes up. And it never did because he had the Bugs Bunny spot. Right, right. But that was that was a common thing then. I would call you and ask you for stuff. And, in fact, uh, wrestlers in California who didn't know you personally. Yeah would send you matches for yeah. critiques. Yeah. Uh, guys from that school, the big time school, yeah. um, one of whom is particularly famous now. The Correct. The current Raw, I, th- I believe it's Raw, no, 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 SmackDown women's champion, one half of the women's tag team champions, Bailey. Correct. Was training there at the time. She would reach out to you with questions. Yeah, that, that's, a, um, that's a weird thought now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird thing N- to think now. Knowing, knowing that I was there when she was still learning most of the basics and still had braces. Yeah. Super weird. Do you still talk to her? 
not not frequently. She's, oh, okay. she's a busy girl. Actually, I, I talk more frequently with her boyfriend, uh, Aaron Solo. And say hi to him who's, too, please. Uh, debuting on AEW this week. Really? Yeah, they announced him for AEW. So wow. that's pretty cool. Yeah, there. Yeah, so many people I know are going places, and uh, I'm here on your porch. Yeah, yeah. This is a great place to be. It's a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> they all they all wish they could. You're be there. welcome. Uh, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> still still giving me bookings to this day. Um, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so it was, it was, it was a really interesting experience in California because I would reach out to you, and I would ask for advice, and it got to a point where like, I know wrestlers out there who still to this day have spots that we refer to as, oh yeah, that's the Johnny Idol. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's one that you taught me early. That certainly you don't have ownership over. It's of course a spot not. That a million people have done. Oh, right, right, right. But it was one you showed me early, where you were saying, oh, you know, you can always get a baby face over by having them come back to an arm ring or an arm drag. Yeah. And here's a real simple one. You start blasting them while they've got you in that arm bar. Whip them to the corner, up and over. You go under, eat it, turn around, take an arm drag. It's so simple. Is to any wrestling fan who's watched a good bit of wrestling, that's nothing. Right. And to any wrestler who's been around a few years, it's nothing. Right. But to someone who was brand new, I mean, this was this was my ticket to Ring of Honor. This was how I was getting signed as a technical wizard. And I got to California, and I, I called it with a couple of people. And they're like, hey, that's a nifty spot because they weren't uh, – psychology wasn't – They didn't, in, like, know that simple spot. That, that spot's 100 years old. It was a – so this isn't obviously all of California right. that I'm about to speak to. This was one era at one school. Psychology wasn't particularly taught to the point where if I know you're the heel and I'm the baby face – I can call a quick spot to you and you know who's doing what just based on those facts. I don't have to right. say, you give me this, you do that, I'll do this. I don't have to say who's doing anything. I can call a sequence of moves and you know exactly where to be and who's doing what. Right. Those guys had to say, I'll whip you here. You do this. I'll do this. You do no, this. No, sir. You. Yeah. And it, it, it Like it should it. be a thing like where you know that like if, if you're the baby face mm-hmm. and you're on my arm, you're working my arm, mm-hmm. it should be clear that no matter what's going to happen you're about to get back on that arm yeah so it, it should be simple enough where i can bring you to corner blast you tell you move shoot mm-hmm. you off now all i have to say yep. is move yep and i'm going to feed back around and, I, and you're going to get back on my arm it yeah. should be that simple and that's uh you know so this is this is what's been interesting to me about my last few years in the business is i was trained with that sort of meat and potatoes here's how psychology works here's some ways to do it now we'll show you some fancy ways to do it. Right. And then I moved to California. Right. And that was where the training was left off. I think we, we gave you such a hard time. You went to California. Then you, you came back for a visit, and you went to the wrestling school. Uh-huh. And we're like, look, spends a month in California, and everything falls to shit. Like, remember we were, remember, remember <laughs> which, we were picking which, on you? Which wasn't totally true. No, of course not. I was not. doing no. great. But that was, that was uh, you guys wanted to jump to that. Of uh, course, right away. But what, what was interesting is I showed up to that school in California. Yeah. And I was, you know, I don't look like much at the time. I'm in a less than Jake shirt. I think that was a, a thing you would throw out to describe me all the time. This kid with a ponytail and a less than Jake shirt. Yes, yes. So yeah. I'm in a punk rock shirt. I'm, I'm heavy. You know, I've got ratty knee pads because I had no money at the time. Right. Uh, which was a great contrast to the persona I was playing. Yeah. Um, and so I had ratty knee pads, ratty sneakers, punk rock shirt i was a big round you were, you were probably wearing ponytail. checkerboard vans yep yep, yep. <laughs> wore, wore checkerboard vans that i would switch into actually athletic sneakers before i got into the ring yeah, oh yes i was smart enough to not try to wear slip-ons in a wrestling ring <laughs> um and uh so you know they couldn't have been thinking much of me 
and I showed up and I was very much from a different culture than they were there. Theirs was a much more um, sort of urban culture. You know, there was a lot yeah. more influence that I, you, you don't get in rural Western Massachusetts. Right, right. So we spoke differently. Uh, we had different cultural touchstones, not a lot really connected on first talking. And then I got in the ring and they started warm ups and they're going, OK, we're doing this role, this role, this role. OK, now hit the ropes. OK, now we're doing fives, you know, uh, tackle drop. Down, you know, now everyone running international pair off. And I hung in with everything, you know, even uh, one of the fir- the very first thing you taught me managing to leapfrog which was ugly as sin when the first few times i tried but you taught me uh that first sunday really yeah yeah oh i i I have notes from those classes on an old google spreadsheet the first class we ever did together was like 40 minutes of you trying to get me to manage a fucking leapfrog to to jump or to wonder both I yeah. couldn't do either. I think I, I think I, I almost ran through the ropes trying to duck under. Yeah, the thing that I, I, I learned quickly as a young wrestler was you do the leapfrog. So guys, if you don't know what this means, it means a guy is running off the ropes, he's coming at you, and you jump up in the air and you spread your legs, c- clearly exposing your genitals to, 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 to whatever is on the way, and the person ducks underneath you and goes. Mm-hmm. And after learning how to do that by taking several shots in the nuts by people who, people who didn't feel like ducking under i i think i'm sure i taught you when i go yep. up i always cover my balls you did to yep. from away so it's not obvious that i'm and, cupping my balls but i put something in the way i actually got yelled at for that at a few different schools where they were like don't do that you got to throw your arms in the air to get more height which was true i got a lot more height when i threw my arms in the air but yeah uh, i think it was better for my heart to cover you can my do crotch. both you yeah. can throw up your arms to get height and then you can get get that hand back down there to protect your balls it's a yeah yeah <laughs> nothing uh, the people who told you that clearly never took a forehead to the testicles that that could uh, you, probably in a full run i mean they also could jump much higher than i could well there's that too but you know I, yeah. um but you know i got in the ring with them my first day training and I'm doing leapfrogs. I'm I'm doing you know the, that leg drop I used to do. I got a lot of height on that, and I yeah. was a heavy guy. Yeah. Um. You know I'm running at a good speed. I'm doing rolls really solidly, and after about three minutes, uh, the trainer, who uh, Jason Styles, who I I have I hold in very high regard. Okay. Great trainer. Um, yeah. He, he fixed a lot of things that I was never able to get right because it wasn't the specialty out here. Right. Right. Uh, my drop kick in particular. I can do a drop kick now, purely because of him. I always had the ugliest drop kick. I gave oh, up. Oh, and I did long. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and mine's better now. You know, I hold him in very high regard. He watched me for three minutes doing this stuff, and then he kind of chuckles aloud and says to himself, "Oh, you got your money's worth out of that school in Massachusetts, kid." That's nice. Good. Yeah. And it, it was a good feeling. Well, you don't know who, having been around like wrestling schools a lot. In training centers, you 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 get a lot of guys that get a hold of you like, oh, I trained at such and such, mm-hmm. and I just moved here, and I'm looking at getting back into it, and they show up, and oh yeah, you ask them like, how long did you train? They're like, oh, I was there for like six months, and they don't know anything. Yep. You know, like I'm like, and you don't want to tell them, well, dude, somebody screwed you, you got ripped off, mm-hmm. you know. But well, I mean, sometimes it's just a lack of ability. I uh, I trained, I was I was brought on as head trainer at a school in California. Oh, that's awesome. For I only stayed for about half a year. There were a lot of things there that I didn't like, and I eventually just kind of walked away from it. Partly, there were some folks there who'd been training a very long time yeah, and had not improved in any way. They couldn't do very basic things in a way that I considered safe. And I tried every trick in the book that you guys had shown me, 
and they weren't improving. We had people spotting each other, and it was always I watched people come very close to getting badly injured. And I finally asked, you know, why, you know, why are you letting this kid, this kid, and this kid stay? And they said, well, they're paying. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, don't do that. Somebody's gonna get hurt. One of them was 19. Yeah. And his 18-year-old girlfriend was expecting a child. Okay. They both worked in retail, one at Target, one at Walmart. I mean, it's a real Civil War family, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I told this kid, you can't do this. You are losing money to be here for something that is not going to happen for you anytime soon. No offense. And you're risking hurting yourself. If you get hurt here, that's it. You don't have income. And you're about to have a child with someone else who also won't be able to work because she's having a child. Having a child, yeah. And you're going to have no income and a freshly born child. You shouldn't be here. And I got yelled at for having that conversation with this guy because they said, we need to keep the lights on here. If he wants to pay us, it's none of your business. Ugh. And, you know. Uh, and sadly, that's an ugly side of, of any business, really. But uh, yeah. It, yeah. And, and I get it. It's not, it's not that wrestling school's job to make someone make good life choices. Right. But at the same time, I'm, you know, it's bad enough with the other kids who were, you know, very accident prone that I considered myself liable for them getting hurt. Yeah. And I didn't want that. I didn't want them to get hurt and for me to be a part of the cause. But to have someone where it would also affect their girlfriend and their child they're expecting, that's too much. I had to say something. Did he leave? Uh, he left about a year and a half after I did. Okay. He stayed and kept training, and it just never happened. Never clicked. And I think eventually, you know, with the kid getting older and presumably eating more, yeah, yeah. Uh, they needed more money, and he just was decided he needed to pick up a second job or or, or stop paying for a wrestling school. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, that's too and, bad because he, he clearly had some kind of a passion for it, and that's really too bad. You know, I yeah. think a lot of that where people, they stay in a school and they keep training and then they don't improve at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they're just being stuck with the same people yep. at the same all the time who also can't do anything. And there's, there's a lot to be said for training at multiple places. Right. A school doesn't want to say that to you. They want you to be strictly with them, do things strictly their way, and strictly give them your money. Yeah. And that's fine. I get that. But when I was training with you guys, I would do every seminar available out here. Right. So I could learn from other people. Oh, you do it this way. Oh, you, you saw me do something that no one else's eyes caught just because you look at things differently. And now I can do this move. Like when I got to California, my drop kick got fixed. Right. It's not because no one at our school knew how to do a drop kick. There were beautiful drop kicks at our school. It was just for some reason when I threw my ugly drop kick that was frankly dangerous to me and the person taking it, <laughs> uh, they couldn't see what I was doing wrong. When I got to California, you guys will have to forgive me. I'm, I'm running a hair dryer right now. I got to look yeah. pretty for the podcast. Hold on, hold on. So, yeah, you know, it's it's schools don't want you to really talk about it because they want you to just train with them. They want right. you to do it their way. They want your money coming just to yeah. them. And, and there's a lot to be said for that because they are teaching safety. So if right. you're taught something a different way and you come back and do it and their students are taught a different way, there could be a you know collision of heads or, right. or any other limb for that matter. And uh, so they want to avoid that. But I think the reasoning is actually a lot more nefarious than that. I think it's sort of a control freak thing and it's definitely a monetary thing. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, again, they're a business. I get it. They're 
their job isn't to have you make good life choices. Yeah. But what would happen was I would go do these seminars with you guys and someone would see something I did and say, ooh, ooh, jump with your left foot first or something like that. Right, yeah, just right. anything like that. And it would fix something that I'd been stuck on for months. Right. I go to California throwing this horrific drop kick that hurts me and sometimes catches other people like in the throat or something because I can't see where my feet are going. <laughs> and Jason Stiles says, no, 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 focus on the landing. If you focus on your landing from the beginning, you can do the kick once you're up. Wow. And it absolutely fixed it. He saw what I was doing, and he said, no, 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 just make sure you land like this. In fact, don't throw a drop kick. Just jump from here, land right here five times in a row. And it fixed it in one practice, something that I'd done horribly for almost two years. That's awesome. Um, That's really yeah. great. And, and, and you know, uh, going out there, they taught stuff that they didn't teach at the school out here. You know, we were told – you don't need to learn to take a pile driver. You don't need to learn to give a pile driver. It's a dangerous move. No one needs to do it. If someone calls it, say no. What's the first thing that happens when I come back? A vet who was training me at the time says, oh, my finish is a pile driver, and you need to take it about 10 times in the next few months. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's not like I'm, like, super tall or anything. Hey, was it safe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I want to touch on really quick uh, because, I mean, I could talk to you for another two hours easily. It would be no problem at all. Yep. I want to touch on really quick. Then, you, uh, while you were in California, you started doing stand up. Yep. And you had Levi Shapiro. Mm hmm. My Just good brother. Give us, a, yeah, one of, like, he was one of my favorite people before I ever met him, you yep. know. And then, yep. and then, and then when I met him, he stayed at my house for like three days. That's yep. when I met him, and he's great. I just wanted to do a quick two minute thing on what you guys did at your comedy show. So I was doing stand-up at the time, and I'd been asked to do – I was sort of running sound for the comedy spot in Santa Cruz, California. It was a, a place called the Blue Lagoon uh, for a guy named DNA, shoot name, DNA, uh, who is the czar of what? Santa Cruz his comedy. His name was DNA? DNA. I don't believe that for a second. I've seen his driver's license. His name is DNA. Like his first name is DNA. His only name is D he, It's like Madonna or... Uh, McLovin. Jim. Yeah, yeah, McLovin. Are uh, you fucking kidding me? No, that, that's his name. And he is great. He is great. He's one of my favorite people. He was my comedy Johnny Idol. Okay, he all right. He told me the places to go. He'd critique stuff with me. And I wasn't even like, you know, his closest buddy in comedy. He, you know, he had a whole crew in California that I was fortunate enough to be a part of. And it was purely because I showed up week after week after week. Right. Well, that's, yeah. And, and kept trying to get better. It's amazing how all forms of entertainment, including wrestling, how that works. You show up and you try to improve and then people will, will scoop you up and really take you under their yeah. wing. Yeah. Well, I mean, stand-up comedy was just pro wrestling without the bumps and with less gear to drag around. Until well, one day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so I purposely went out of my way to keep the wrestling out of the stand-up. Because I didn't really think jokes about wrestling were very funny. All right, right. Because most people either don't know wrestling well enough to get whatever reference I'm making, or they don't care. You know, that's really most most people at a stand-up show don't know it, and they don't want to hear. And it. they don't care. They it's don't want to know. It's not funny to them. Right. And and frankly, it wasn't funny to me by that point. <laughs> so I purposely went out of my way to make it not part of what I did. I did mostly one-liners and puns which led to a string of people heckling because there's a lot of empty space and people groan at puns even though they can't think of them. Right, right. Stupid. I, they knew I'd been a wrestler, 
and they were you know they'd been telling me like oh you should you should do stand up as perry one time and i kept saying no i didn't really want to do it it seemed like a bad idea to me and finally after enough asking i told him okay and then i very quietly pulled dna aside and said hey i have an idea yeah by the way bass you missed that there's a guy out there named dna dna that's his name yeah, uh, he actually uh, recently opened a comedy club in Santa Cruz. It's something he wanted to do his whole life. And he took his shows that were, he ran the shows in basically all the bars in town. He let those go to other comedians to run and finally got a space. Good for him. Right before the pandemic broke. Oh, no. So now all his shows are virtual and they have, uh, I believe they have a, a, a Patreon, I want to say, that people can donate. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll find a link and send it to anyway, you. Anyway, wrestling um, and comedy, yeah. So I pulled DNA aside and said, hey, I've got an idea. And I ran the whole thing by him, and he said, that sounds great. So what we did is I drove from Santa Cruz, I drove the hour 40 up to Oakland, and I picked up Levi Shapiro. Drove back in time to go set up for this show. Levi is wearing all of his gear under a tearaway sweatsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for those who might not know, Perry at that time was wearing a tearaway suit that was just like a navy blue suit. Uh, with my gear under it. So I showed up with all my gear underneath the tearaway pants and with just like a t-shirt and a blazer. So I looked like a comedian. Right, right. And I'm running sound for the show. I'm back in the booth and I get told, hey, it's your turn. So they give me my intro. I go up. I tell my first joke. It gets the normal good reaction. You know, you open with a, a solid one. I would say, uh, you know, hey guys, uh, you know, I, I'm thanks for that huge ovation. You know, uh, I'm feeling great. I just finished my first marathon, and everyone would cheer. And I would say, yeah, 15 episodes of Law and Order SVU, <laughs> grueling. <laughs> and that got uh, over. Easy, I'm sure. Easy opener. Right, easy right, right. Easy opener. I'd tell my second joke. I'd start wiggling my foot a little, and I'd look down. And I'd go, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm still getting used to these shoes. Uh, these these were a Christmas gift from my dad, and I, I called him. I said, you know, Dad, these these sneakers are great. And he said, you know, actually, those are orthopedic shoes. And I said, I stand corrected. <laughs> After I deliver that punchline, just as the laugh dies down, as the laugh job. dies down, Levi, sh <laughs> sorry, Levi shouts out, that was bad. Not the greatest heckle. But yeah. Levi in the crowd, just some dude that no one in Santa right. Cruz knows, just shouts, that was bad. And I just looked at him, I was like, Okay. And kind of no-sold it a little and went on to my next joke. Uh, you know, I, I looked back down at my shoes and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You know, these are not orthopedic shoes. These are clearly British boots. Uh, and, you know, the question is, they don't fit great. Do I send them back? Do I keep them? Do I send them back? Do I keep them? They're a paradox. <laughs> a paradox. A paradox. Doc um, Martin boot. Ah, that's a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> when the laugh goes away from that, Levi shouts out, hey, when's the comic come on? Lovely. And I look at him, I go, hey, pal. Were people getting hot at him for, at oh, this yeah. point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people are mad because I was, I, was, I was purposely using good jokes that I knew would work. Smart, yeah. Yeah, and he, he goes, oh, you're just not funny. And I was like, look, pal, just shut up and enjoy your beer, okay? I got like two more minutes because there was five-minute sets there. I tell one more joke. I explain that I don't really tell a lot of dirty jokes, but I was listening to NPR, and, you know, I'm not really up on the sexual trends in the world, but apparently uh, pulling out at the last second while having sex doggy style is really making a comeback. That is that is one of my favorite jokes 
It's one of my favorite all-time jokes. I love that joke. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, a, I, especially since I really, like I, really, I really don't do a lot of dirty jokes. That was really like the only one in my whole set. Yeah, yeah. And that got a really big laugh. Because to that point, I'd been so benign. And then to throw out something that's that sort of visceral, uproarious laugh. That dies down. And Levi just shouts, Ugh, how do they keep getting worse? And finally, I just... I just let off on him. Listen, pal, what's your problem? You know, yelling at him. And he stands up yelling at me. Yeah. Okay. And he starts approaching the stage. And I'm like, hey, pal, don't if you come up on this stage. Now, they introduced me at the beginning of this as a former pro wrestler, Perry Von Vicious. Okay. So the crowd knew. And I, I was, a, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm an imposing figure in front of an audience. Well, until you, unless if they don't know you, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and certainly after those jokes, I was probably less intimidated. Right, 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 right. Um, and uh, so he comes walking up and steps up onto the stage. And as soon as he steps into the spotlight, I jerk my head back. I go, Levi? And he goes, yeah, Perry, you're terrible at this. And I turn to the crowd with a big smile. I go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is, this is my old tag team partner, Levi Shapiro. It's so good to see you. I had, you were just messing with me. And he goes, no, you're terrible at this. You left wrestling for this. You left me for this. And I'm like, hey, hey, buddy. This is good stuff. And he shoves me. Oh, and I I stop and I go, hey, hey, you know, calm down, man. I'm just trying to seriously just finish. Go finish your beer. You know, you'll enjoy the rest of the comics. If you didn't like me, I'll come sit with you after. And he shoves me again. And now I look upset. And another comic had gone into the sound booth where I'd been and got on the God mic. You know, the mic that goes over everything. Right, right. And starts a ring introduction. Ladies and gentlemen. It's beautiful. And intros both of us. When he intros Levi with hometown and everything, Levi rips the sweatsuit off down to trunks and boots and pads. The place goes nuts. And then they <laughs> instinctually start booing him because he was the heckler. Oh, yeah. Dude. We, we've built babyface and healing. Now, listen, I just want to break this down really quick. You want to talk about straight up just just wrestling ring psychology mm-hmm. without doing without doing anything like super physical yeah nothing physical two one-handed shoves yeah you you have established who's the baby face and who's the heel mm-hmm. and you have heat yeah. right away <laughs> um and then they introduce me and the crowd cheers and i take off the blazer right. i take off the t-shirt and then there's the reveal that my actual real looking pants are tear away that gets a huge reaction yeah and then another comic from the show comes running up on the stage wearing a referee shirt. <laughs> and they ring a bell using a fo- a, an iPhone sound ding, effect ding, ding, ding. over the God mic. Yeah. And we start wrestling. And it's, you know, it's we're not on a mat. We're not going to bump. Right. So it's chops, it's hits. It's you Somebody know, did take a body slam, goals. though, right? That was the finish. Yeah, yeah. We fought all through the crowd, which, like, the, as soon as we came off the stage, these people are – terrified because nothing physical happens it's a very Levi's small a big kid too club. yeah yeah. A, yeah levi's only a tiny bit smaller than i am. yeah he's a big kid um and we're i mean you know when you get close up to someone blasting away blast him so we're i mean we're making some contact and we fight all the way back onto the stage and the big finish comes we're trading strikes back and forth and i land a really good forearm and i kip really loud on it he sells a big dummy turn, comes all the way back around. I pick him up for a body slam and hold him. Yeah. And you can hear on the video, Ooh. the whole crowd, oh. he hit that stage. And I told him, I was like, I'm going to slam you. It's going to be safe, but, you know, it's not a mat. And he was like, right. it's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm sure he's fine. Hits that stage, makes an explosion 
of noise from him, and then the crowd goes nuts because they they don't see stuff like this. Right. That's the best crowd to wrestle in front of. Yeah. And I cover them, and they count the three with the ref out loud. Really? Cheering like maniacs. So much fun. That's great. As I'm coming off, the local uh, comic who was like a known comedian yeah. who had done like some Comedy Central spots yeah. didn't know we were doing that. None of the comics did yeah. except for the two that so were So you like, thanks, I got to follow that? That's exactly what he says. He goes, how the hell am I supposed to follow that? And looks really mad at me. I found out later he's a huge wrestling fan and loved every second of it. <laughs> he was just messing with me. So I'm like carrying a folded up tearaway suit in my trunks back to the sound booth where I'm going to sit for the rest of the show thinking, <laughs> oh, no, I upset the one guy with pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, you know, I want to, before we talk about you coming back to Massachusetts and spend a couple minutes on that, I, I want to t- touch really quick on your experience with the guy from Rancid, the band Rancid, yeah, please. Yeah. Big time wrestling out there. Did this big fan fest every year. And it was, you know, it's a, a huge gathering of people. And uh, when they would do the um, autograph signing day, they had all of us students at one table sort of representing big time wrestling. Our job more than anything was to try to get people to sign up to train which is a ridiculous position to put us in before yeah. we wrestle on the show. Yeah. So most of us would just bring our merch and try to hawk that instead because no one was watching us. Um, and uh, halfway through the day, I was like, you know, I'm going to stroll around and look at the booths. I hadn't looked at anything. It was a big convention center. I'm walking around, and I see this booth with all this weird stuff from Mexico and Japan, like all these really like figures I've never seen, shirts I've never seen. And I'm looking at all of it, and I'm going, wow. And before I've looked up at the person running the booth, I kind of go, where'd you get all the?" And I look up, and it's Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. <laughs> He's a huge wrestling fan, and he collects so he stuff. So he had a merch booth. Yeah, so he just had stuff that he had spares of or whatever, and he That's had great. set up a merch booth because he lived in the area. Yeah. And he's selling stuff. And I go, you're Lars Fredrickson. And he says, yeah, you're uh, Perry. And my, my eyes go huge because I used to play in a punk band. I, I listened to I Rancid for imagine. years. I can't imagine. Um, it turned out that, you know, he's on tour a lot. He's got a lot of time to kill. He goes on YouTube. He had seen Perry Von Vicious hates. Come full circle. Yeah. And uh, I, I tell him, I'm like, oh, this is great, man. Can I get a picture with you? And he was like, yeah, of course you can. So we, we snap a picture together. He says, do you have merch? Yeah, yeah, I have merch. And he goes, cool, let's go take a look. And so I gave him one of the, the best of Perry DVDs, which was just the skits from YouTube burned right, on right, the DVDs. Right. So he'd seen all of it, I'm sure, but I just gave that to him. And then I go to give him a shirt. Yeah. And he insisted on paying for it, which, you know, <laughs> looking back on it, probably makes sense. He's, you know, rich and I was very poor. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I don't think about it for eight, nine months. And I get a tweet. You know, this is 2010 probably. I get a tweet of him on stage in Japan wearing my shirt with the sleeves cut off and the neck cut off. So it's sort of like a makeshift tank top. Just blew my mind. That's amazing. Yeah. And, so, and, and I have that picture buried on a hard drive somewhere. Because, of course you do. You know, it's been 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Then. So, you know, it's that's it's awesome. somewhere. And if you dig through Twitter enough, you'll probably find it. Yeah. But I mean, it's again, digging through 10 years of tweets. takes Right, a right. But yeah, it just is so cool. It's so cool to have someone who's, you know, art. I'd, I'd enjoyed for so long somehow know who I was. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say he was a fan, but he, no, he, that's was, aware, awesome, he man. was aware of me. That's, that's so cool. Crazy. That's really great. And I, I mean, I, we can't, we're going long, so we can't spend too much time on this, but you, you wrestled, right? Am I looking at her here? Is that, 
Is that Hardcore Holly in this yep. picture right here? Yep, that was the same show uh, the day after I met uh, Lars Fredrickson. And he was a dream to work with for you, right? Oh, he was so great. You know, I was terrified to work with him because of the, yeah, yeah, the reputation. Says, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll kick your ass. He'll beat you up. He'll, he'll hurt you. Oh, yeah. No, he was great. Of course. He was great. He was fantastic. Probably for the same reason that other guy didn't kick your ass. Yeah. Same reason. I was, yeah. just, I was nice to him, and I told him I'd do whatever he wanted. And we had one interaction that apparently won, won me over with him when we were in the ring. He's chopping me. Yeah. And I did something you taught me. If someone's chopping the hell out of you, start selling down the ropes, look over your shoulder. The second they open up, wing Blast back and get one. them with one. And I figured, worst case scenario, he kicks my ass afterwards. Yeah. Best case scenario, I got to chop in on Hardcore Holly. And he says, all right, kid, here we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? He like, loved, all right. He loved it. Of he course he did. He told me afterwards, he said, if you hadn't gotten me back right then, I never would have opened up for you again. You never would have had another chance. Yeah. Yeah. And he, other, you know... He, that one moment after that, everything's just smooth sailing. Even before that was fine. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't like trying to hurt me or anything, even though, you know, I looked like a half deflated beanbag chair at the time and I had no business being in the <laughs> well, room. Well, now, now flash forward to Enfield, Connecticut. He was there. Yeah. He's a surprisingly, large, shockingly large person. Yeah. And, and he, didn't he say, he, he, he recognized you. He was like, yeah. he used to be, a, used to be a lot fatter. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I walk in the locker room, he looks at me, he goes, you used to be a lot fatter. It didn't, didn't you used to live somewhere else? I was like, California. He goes, right, right. We work for Kirk White. And I was like, that, yep, yes, yes, sir. And he goes, you look great. And comes walking over and, and starts chatting with me. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. fantastic. Great feeling. So I brought that. Now, you wound up back in Massachusetts, and I was on my last run. Mm-hmm. I, you know, And Tunis, yep. who was on the podcast, he, who you want to work with? I'm like, well, Perry Von Vicious. It's got to happen. You know, so we were we were able to do this great little run of a few matches. Yeah. And I remember we were doing a back to back. And I asked, I said that because he, when he got here, he gave me these trading cards that he had made. And right there in the top left corner is a picture of us in this street fight match that we had mm-hmm. at this out, outdoor place. And it was so fun. And I love it on the back. It's your trading card. And you put me over on your trading card yep. saying that I was able to retain my title. Yep. I love that. But the, here's the funny thing. We're doing this match, and it's mostly brawling, and then we wound up with all this stuff in it with you taking big bumps yeah. on a, a wooden deck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, this fantastic uh, – there's, there's a great image of you slamming me on the deck, which I think is on the back of that card. You can see I'm like – It is. I'm, I'm a few inches above the, – uh, the, I might, you might have me up in the air there, but there's another one where I'm a couple inches perfectly parallel with the deck, right above the deck as you're bringing me down. Oh, that's great. And I can't tell if it's right before I hit or right after, because I bounced. <laughs> you bounced. <laughs> you did. You bounced. Yeah. You know what's funny? That match now, too, is like you were taking all the big bumps. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't call them. Yep. You called them, you know, and yep. it was a lot of brawling and a, a lot of matches like that. Sometimes there aren't a lot of really big bumps in that, but I took – the one bump I was going to take was when you, you threw me through the middle and the top rope into the corner, and I take the post to my shoulder. Yep. Right. I've taken that bump. That's right. Hundreds of times. That one. Here we are. We're just getting to the cutoff. I somehow broke a rib. Oh. I somehow broke a rib. I don't know. And then the next day, we're working again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, well, I was supposed to work. Be working with who we're now. We're getting to at the time he was. Tomahawk, mm-hmm. but now it, of course known as Iron Rip Bison, your tag team partner. That's right, right. At I, he was literally half my age. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
And I was really, really hurt. So what they did was they made it so that you came out, you interfered, it, you had some type of power, and it turned into a triple threat. That's and I right. and I yep. can thank you guys for doing all the work in that match. And we had mm -hmm. that same triple threat match at Fenway, Fenway Park. Park. At Fenway Park, as a wrestler, as a wrestling fan and a lifelong Red Sox fan, we got to I get to wrestle two of my good friends at mm -hmm. Fenway Park. Now, were we on the field? No, but we were no. under the center field bleachers. Yeah, we could see the field. We could see the field. It was one of the greatest moments ever. And now, it's my final match. Mm -hmm. I lose to Tomahawk slash Iron Rip, Rip Bison. Bison. I'm done. My career's over. And Marshall helps me up. And he's, you know, he's, he's puts out his hand to shake my hand and you shove him out of the way mm -hmm. and i'm like shot this on you you didn't know any of this no was, idea no one did no one did as, you just did as, it as everyone's coming to the ring i shove past tunis and i say let me go in first yeah and I, I i i don't know if he was like yeah that's a good idea or if he just it caught him so off guard that he went uh okay no it turned into a really great organic yeah. moment but at first I, here i am i'm blown up i'm sore you know my you know, I'm no, never going to wrestle again. It's over. And you shove Marshall. I, I literally, I said, I literally went, look at this bitch right here. Look, it was just right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure in your head you're going, is this asshole trying to get me to work a bunch more matches? Or, or is this asshole trying to scoop up my spot? My mat, my wrestling career is over. Is he trying to get over right now? <laughs> and he, this bitch is getting over. He's taking my, but then, you, I mean, he just pushed. And I was doing okay. Yeah. yeah. But you grabbed me into a hug and you were crying yeah. and then I started crying and I'm crying in front of hundreds of people chanting yep. thank you Johnny and I love you for that thank you well and, and, and I, I definitely got off luckier than you in that because as soon as we were done hugging I rolled out of the ring and walked to the back yeah I just disappeared yeah so I got to go I got to go look pathetic away from everyone you had to cope with it <laughs> it's great but, I mean yeah. you've been coping with with that your whole life yeah this is true yeah <laughs> this is true so, okay, well, do you have anything you would like to plug before yeah. we get to the, the last part of the show? What do you yeah, got? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyone who wants to follow me, you can find me at Perry Von Vicious everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube.com slash Perry Von Vicious, Facebook.com slash Perry Von Vicious. It's, I'm, I'm everywhere under the same name because I, you know, registered that name 13 years ago when, you know, all the names were still free. And, uh I also just just got uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Perry Von Vicious, and I have two great shirts on there. Uh, one is uh, me in my current persona as a psychopath, uh, violently breaking out of an, an asylum. Nice. And uh, the other one is of me and Iron Rip Bison and our tag team, MAD. MAD. Yep. What does that stand for? Uh, mutually Assured Destruction. Uh, we, <laughs> okay. We picked that name because we we feuded. As soon as you were gone, we yeah. wrestled each other pretty much nonstop for a year and a half. He's a machine, that kid. Oh yeah. Well, we never had a bad match. I'll never forget. It was during the match, and I'm winded mm -hmm. at this point, pushing fifty, sure. you know, and I'm gassed, and we're, it's like a double down or something like that, and I'm kind of rolling over. I'm just about to tell him that I'm gassed, and he leans over and he goes. Brother, I'm blown up. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're right. This kid's half my age and he's blown up too. This is great news. You know, I just I will I will share a link to uh to, to, the, your, your to the shirts. To the, the shirts, shirts especially. That's the only one that gives yeah. me money. I'll put the link underneath <laughs> here and uh and that's great. And we have one constant on this podcast, and we call it the final three. Pew, 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 pew.
All right, so these are the same three questions that we ask every guest. Did you listen to them or no? I did not. Ah, yes. So you're, you're getting me off guard. Love that. You're getting the fresh, real that answers. So great. I love that. It's perfect. I had a buddy of mine on recently, and he's kind of like, okay, these questions. And I'm like, I wonder if there would have been a way for you to prepare yourself for these questions. I mean, maybe listen. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Uh, question number one is how do you take your coffee? I, I take my coffee black, whether it's hot or iced. Straight black coffee. Dude, okay, look it. At first, a bunch of the early guests were like, black, black. And I'm like, you guys are psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly at wrong here. I, the majority of people that I have on here say say black. That's well, for, for me, it started uh, as a functional thing. I was heavy, needed to lose weight. Again, you're not the first person to say that, yeah. And now, if I have anything else in it, I'm just like, why am I drinking a dessert? What is this? Okay. I mean, you know Starbucks now has a new drink. No calories. It's dairy-free, sugar-free. Diabetics can drink it. It's called water? It's called coffee. <laughs> No one, no one could see the angry face I made when I answered oh him back. Oh, my God. That was so good. Like, I've never seen you look angry. You're just it's called coffee. Oh, that's great. And you're an everyday coffee drinker? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I've been sitting here with a homemade iced coffee the whole podcast. I, I love that. I'm a full-on addict, and I love my coffee. I love it. That's great. Same. Cool. Same. All right, question number two is, what is the last movie you saw either at home or in the theater? And with no spoilers, do you have any thoughts? Uh, just last night, I finished Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Uh, it's my, I had not finished the MCU, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'd started when everyone else did because those movies were amazing. Right. I made it to just before Ant-Man and just kind of fell off and never went to another one because I was like, well, I've, you know, I haven't seen it. I don't know what's going on now and just never went back. Uh, so I started from scratch about two weeks ago, watching one movie every night with my headphones on just yep. in my own world. And uh, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Great. I, I thought the uh, to answer about specifically the last one I watched, I thought Far From Home was fantastic. They All did right. one of my favorite things. They build huge emotional moments that make you want to cry, and right as they reach their fever pitch, they throw in a stupid joke. And right, I love that. I love that. Yeah, uh, that's Scrubs great. I haven't seen that one yet. That. So, and yeah, so uh, it was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Also, the uh, the female lead in that, the girl who plays MJ, yeah, looks astonishingly like Ashley Vox. Really, she looks like if someone took Ashley Vox and stretched her to be the height of a normal human. <laughs> I love Ashley Vox, by the way. She's oh, yeah. great. Yeah, uh, her, her and Delmi are my the the kid sisters I never wanted. Yeah, they're great. I love yeah, them. They're they're uh, two of the my closest friends, and uh, helped to help to train them. Rip Rip and I, pre pandemic, were going to a place that was allowing us open ring, and we'd be training with them. I always found Ashley to be like one of those tiny little dogs that doesn't know it's tiny, mm -hmm. and will stand up to the giant dogs. Yep. yep. You know, she's like a like I. I worked like a mixed tag with her one time. I think Marshall was my partner or something like that. And <laughs> and, and it was uh, her and Doug Summers. It makes that's, sense, right? That's great. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But I I had no she was like such a little animal. Oh yeah. You know, just I had no problem like selling for her. She's so great. Like the little, you know the, you know those little dogs like yeah. I, 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 they have no idea, you know. Uh, the very beginning of 2019, uh, she and I had a singles match in Rhode Island. And she was just a delight. Great. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's fantastic. And, and she's so kind, and she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, yep. she's great. Cool. Uh, have you hey, have you seen 
Have you seen the new Andy Samberg movie yet, the Palm Springs? I've not yet. No, uh, I'm a big Andy Samberg fan. You're, yeah, check it out. It's I don't know. If, yeah, this is not a spoiler because it's saying it's basically a new take on Groundhog Day. Yep. Yep. That's so what I've heard. Watch that, and then I want to talk with you about that. Okay. Got and, it. And are you into the show What We Do in the Shadows? I've not seen it yet. No. Dude, it's because you love stupid humor yep. and you like like British style humor oh, too, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 It's a lot like that. And have and, you seen Community? I've not, but we keep ta- oh, people man. keep talking about it. So you got it. You, you got to watch right. it. You got to watch it. Is it the same type of thing? Like it's a like a mockumentary kind of thing, or no? No, no. It's um. What, what's fantastic about it is they will do whole episodes in one genre. Oh, okay. Apropos of nothing, but continuing all other stories in the show. So, like, you know, I, it's it's not a huge spoiler because everyone, you know, it won't it won't ruin anything for you. They do episodes as a western. Or they do an episode as Star Wars. Oh, okay. It's amazing. All right, all right, so I'm good. on it. That sounds that sounds right up our there's, alley. There's there's claymation episodes. Oh, yeah. There's puppet Be- episodes. Bessie does, she just looks at me and she goes, yeah, "I've seen it." Yeah, it's so I've, good. I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> uh, what we do in the shadows is basically the Office with vampires. I love it. Oh, that, you know, that's been on my list on Hulu for a while. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys who uh, stars in it, and the guy who I, I believe also acts in it but directs. The director directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, and he directed, um, I want to say Ant-Man. It was one, one of the really funny Marvel movies. It might, okay. have been, it might have been Ragnarok, but he's a New Zealander, and he and this other guy on From the From Flight of the Concords? The other guy is the Flight of the Concords guy. Okay. So this third guy is a guy who works with Flight of the Concords a lot. Okay. Uh, that, that whole brand of humor. He's not the big, tall, like, dark-haired guy. I can never remember his I name. I mean, he, he is tall with dark hair, but he's not the one from the band. The, the one from the band is the one who looks like a llama. Yeah, okay, that's that's yeah. who, uh, he, J- J- Jermaine. He yes, he makes an appearance in one of the episodes in season one, I believe, because yep. because I guess there was a movie. It's based on a movie, okay. and he was in the movie, I guess. Oh, so. all right, all right. And so this is based on that. It's crazy to see what the Flight of the Concords guys have done. Yeah, I really you, don't. To be honest, with you, I don't know anything about them. The I really other don't. Guy, Brett did all the music for the new Muppet movies, and he was in Lord of the Rings. Like they've done all kinds of crazy stuff. It's incredible. And Jermaine is the voice of that crab in, um, oh god, uh, it's uh, one of the Pixar movies, um, uh, Moana, and it's Moana. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's the voice of the crab, and all he right. wrote the song for the crab. Oh, okay. Yeah, incredible. That's great. That's really great. I Anyways, like- but you know, I don't want to veer attention to other people. This this is really about me. Okay, you're right. You're true. Yeah. But you mentioned the Muppet movie. When's the last time you watched the old Muppet movie from, like, 1979? Uh, the first day that Disney Plus went live. It was the first thing that How I watched. How fucking great is that movie? By opening that as the first thing I watched, it yeah. meant that the very first piece of audio that I heard from Disney Plus was the banjo strings at the beginning of <laughs> Rainbow Connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, I just had it on at my work. You know, I put you know, minimize the screen so it's in the bottom of my screen while I'm working on some spreadsheet. It's so great, and right? I'm just sitting at my desk, just bawling like a baby. Oh. And all my coworkers are just kind of looking at each other, like, "Must be watching the Muppets." <laughs> we they, we they all kind of know. We watched it recently. She had never seen it. it. It's so great. So good. That whole score is myth, written myth. by huh? Yeah, yeah, myth. <laughs> <laughs> that whole score was written by Paul Williams, who yep. was like a famous, and then he. he yeah, and he also did one of my favorite movies, Bugsy Malone, which is okay. which is I close with a song on there called "You Give a Little Love." Yep. My my acoustic sets. It's from Bugsy Malone. Anyway, regardless. Anyway, okay, go. Question number three is: Do you have a local small business that you are not directly affiliated with that you would like to give a plug? Jeez. Um. Hmm. I can pause. Want me to pause? 
Yeah. So the answer is no. You don't have a local business. Not really, no. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those horrible people who gets everything on the internet. Well, that went about as well as expected. Great. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. We filled time on the other questions. Yeah, so. that's true. All right. So, listen, first I want to say thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me that run in my last year of wrestling. I really appreciated th- those, those matches with you. It was a lot of fun. We got to do the match with, with uh, the Good Brothers from California. Yep, and yep. We, we got a, had a great little run while they were out here, and I need to say thank you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that I moved back before you were done. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. Really glad that that was able to happen because we'd never had a singles match. If before. you hadn't, if you weren't planning on it or you didn't, I probably would have tried to talk you into coming back for one. I, I you know, I would have. Pro- and, and, you know, I probably would have tried to make it happen. Probably. And, so. and that's saying something because I went out of my way to not come home while I was in California. That's true. We, we did like a, a solid three years at one point where I didn't come home at yeah, all. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And my family just dealt with it. They were like, yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> well, anything else before we wrap it up? No, I think I think that's it. I think I'm, I'm going back home to not leave the house again for a really long time and to raise chickens and, and lift weights in my They basement. look delicious, can I just say. The, the chickens. Uh, they're <laughs> not meat chickens, to be fair. They are egg chickens. I'm kidding. <laughs> so uh, that's, my, yeah. that's my favorite thing. If I go to the Big E, which is not happening this year, I go to the Big E and every year. I do the same thing. I go to the Farmerama, where they have the they have the yeah. pig with the piglet, little baby piglets, right? And I sit there and I wait, and I <laughs> wait, <laughs> I wait until a kid comes up with their mom or father or something like that, and look it down, and they talk about how cute the piglets are, and I point at one and I go, that one looks delicious. <laughs> I do it, <laughs> I do it every year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't help that we we've named the chickens now. And yeah, they yeah. all have names based on Disney park references. Okay. Uh, and one of them is in fact named Churro. Okay. Which doesn't help with it seeming delicious to mm, people. Cinnamon on chicken doesn't sound bad. Right. It's a sort sort of a sort of a poblano. You know, you get get a good good barbecue sauce going. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. look for. I'm going to give a link to Perry's. What is a T-shirt? Pro, what? pro Wrestling Tees. Pro Wrestling Tees. I'm going to put a link down there for his store. If you're looking for a Perry Von Vicious T-shirt, get on that. You're a good guy, man. Thank you for doing this. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to Idle Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Pocket Casts, and Podcast Addict, and I'm sure other places as well. Thank you for that. Don't forget to like our Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm, by the way, I'm starting uh, an Instagram page as well. The Facebook and Twitter pages are at Idle Chat Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks for having me. Will you come back on and we'll do something a little uh, a little goofy? Yeah, why not? Awesome. Cool, this man. This was pretty goofy. It was very goofy, but we're going to have Bessie come up with some type of a game for us, and we're going to have some fun with it. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you very much. See everybody. See you next week. Thank you.